Okay, we're here with Sarah Kate, the Sarah Kate, as I say. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to chat with you again. I really don't leave you alone. I'm so sorry about that, but also not sorry at all. So (laughs) I am so excited. I think that we're going to start off with intro, which we do with everybody. It is what are we drinking today? But I think you have a very interesting twist because most recently I've seen you be posting these lovely multi-drink situations. I think you have three at all times on your desk. I do. I am a beverage goblin. I feel like you started a trend though, because then I started seeing it all over Instagram and everybody's showing me their multiple drinks. And I feel like I am just behind the ball. So now I got to get on in on this. I, I did. I definitely did not start it. I posted about it and learned that this is like a thing that everybody does. And like, I even got an ad recently. I think it was like from Brewmate or something where they were like, are you a beverage goblin? And I was like, yes, I am. This oh is the thing. my God. I even have my brewmate at all times. So, oh my god! Okay, so what are our drinks? Right. Wait. First of all, what are the cups we have out right now? I want to see like the the smorgasbord. Yeah, I drink my iced coffee in my little Taylor Swift iced coffee cup. I love that. I've got my water, my my good brothers. I have that tumbler at at all times. Probably should wash it more than I do. And (laughs) my that's my fun drink. That's my. I'm a, I'm an Alani girl. I love Alani's. Oh, I've heard about these. What, uh, what's the deal with the Alani's? What are they? They're like energy drinks, but they're not as like sweet or bad as like Red Bull. I'm not a Red Bull person. So it's like, but they're good. They're so good. Smelling a Red Bull just makes my eye twitch. Like my husband will drink them, but they're so sickly sweet smelling. Uh. Yeah. I've had too many Red Bull vodkas too, that it's now ruined the drink for me. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. you're like you're like no it's the red bull vodkas that really got me it's not the smell it's not anything else no you know you add liquor to something one time and oh, now it's, it's true I still can't have I think I think I must have said this like eight million times on every podcast but I can't have vanilla flavored anything anymore after a very unfortunate freshman year incident with vanilla vodka it's it's not great I did learn that however blackout drunk i can still remember my name address and phone number though so that's important that's important i was like listen i'm not that drunk i don't remember it but i'm drunk apparently (laughs) so i think that we have a really fun top five if anybody remembers this is sort of a callback episode to season one slash prior podcast i still don't know what this is going to be but like is it season one is it season two? Is it just a rebrand? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm putting it on the same feed. So we're gonna say it's season two. So we're gonna do a call back to season one, where we discussed uh, one of my favorite things about you. And the thing I tell everybody is like the coolest thing that Sarah Kate has ever told me, which is your love for Marvel movies, and oh how it ties in. And we're like dorks. Like, I totally love Marvel. One of my favorite things about you, and the thing I tell everybody is like the coolest thing that Sarah Kate has ever told me, which is your love for Marvel movies and how it ties in. And we're like dorks. Like I totally love Marvel and we fangirled out about it and I love it. So you said that, you know, Marvel has influenced your writing. Can you just go into like a little bit about that and then we'll go into your top five? Because I think it's really interesting. 
Yeah. So when I am starting any project, but specifically when I was starting Salacious Players Club and I was coming up with my like sort of cast of characters, I like to use what are called archetypes, right? So our like very basic mold of a character. And these can be really easily you know, seen in something like Marvel, which has this huge cast of characters and they're all a little bit different. You have your like broody billionaire, you have your nerdy scientist, you have your all-American boy. Like these are all very basic archetypes. And so when I would be starting a project, like, like I said, Salacious, I would start with, you know, okay, well, I have my broody billionaire and I would build from there. And I would literally, I mean, it helps you literally think what would, what would Tony Stark say in this sort of scenario? And then of course, you know, Emerson Grant becomes his own person and, and I build onto that character. So now he is different, but I always sort of start out when I build characters with archetypes like that. And it's just really fun to like use Marvel as, you know, and a building point. So a foundation, it's just I what that. I know just it's that's my nerd brain I love that so much and then I know that you got the Scarlet Witch tattoo which I just think means that you're gonna throw me into a heap of chaos like going forward (laughs) which I love I think I love chaos yeah chaos is great especially in writing yeah so I'm very excited for all the chaos that's to come I just think that was like foreshadowing for me of like what's to come from Sarah Kate just utter chaos in the best possible way and I love that so Speaking of our favorite Marvel, I thought we were we could go over today your top five favorite Marvel movies. And we can talk a little bit about why, because I think, especially given, you know, the fact that I know it's something that has kind of come along with you on your writing journey, it would be interesting to get some insight into your mind and like how that plays for you. So yeah, let's start. We don't have to start from, you want to start from the top, the bottom, or just kind of like a general top five in no particular order. I literally, oh, what did I do? I literally have it on my phone. Like, no, sh- no, not even lying. I'm um, so obsessed with you. I love this so much. <laughs> this is just, you know, it's something that I do. My son is also really into Marvel. And so, you know, we would play around like, hey, what's your top 10? And we would make our list and then argue about it, right? Like, you're crazy. Yes. I can't believe that's on your list. So it's there. I, ha- I already have the top, but yeah, we'll start at five, right? We'll start okay. and we'll go. So five, I actually have the the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the brand new one, which I know a lot of people put in their number one because it is, it is fantastic. But I think even for it to be my number five is pretty, is pretty good. It, if you haven't seen it yet. I have seen it. Okay. So this is where I, this is where I lose you or you lose (laughs) me because, okay. So my husband said he watched it again the other night and he said, how, how on earth could you ever watch that movie again? I have one book ick okay and I've never found anything else that bothers me I have no triggers I am dead inside but god forbid an animal get hurt and I I know I lose so like watching that whole thing for my PETA loving heart it was was brutal brutal I, so, I, we, I, we probably watched it like, I mean, now it's become a comfort movie, which is kind of a weird twist of things that you could say, but like, we just put it on and we'll have it on playing all the time. It's the music. I think it's with any Guardians the of the Galaxy. The music is fantastic. I will agree with you on that one. It's always so good. It's and so, and then this one had like the nineties in it, which yeah. was a jam for me. Like, I love that. Yeah. That's so, my favorite. 
Yeah. The music um, was phenomenal. I will absolutely agree with you on that. So if we're talking about movie, Marvel movie soundtracks, I agree that that would be in my top five. Yeah, it's it's good. And the but ending yeah, was very cute, but I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. But like that last scene was like really like that yeah. I would watch over it again because it was just. Yeah, it's just great. I mean, I love James Gunn. I'm a huge fan. You'll see. Let me get to the, the rest of the Yes, same. And I do an interesting, it was an interesting like third movie given the first two movies. It was like kind of a different tone. And he's really good at being able to like keep the characters, but change the tone for each movie. And the characters themselves at their core don't change. But a lot of times character personalities end up changing to fit the the mood of the next movie. I liked how he was able to kind of like keep them and grow them throughout them the whole series. Yeah, that's actually like a huge kind of complaint of mine in this, in the MCU sometimes is that characters change a little too much to fit the vibe of the movie mm-hmm. but one of the things I really love and I think sort of you like relates to my books is it is a really heavy movie and it is very sad and tragic and but yet it still fits and it has this message and it's funny and it's all of these things and I love when somebody can take something that is heavy and sad and and deep and fit it into a mold that is easily digestible for the masses, right? Like everybody can enjoy that, right? And it can still be happy and it can still be funny and you can have a good time, but there's just this like really sad element to it. I kind of, that's my my jam. The bunny rabbit was both hysterical and deeply upsetting. Like very creepy. So creepy. So creepy. We call her a lot. I love the bunny rabbit. It is floor. I like, I belly laughed in the theater when she said floor. I was like, this is, yeah, it's amazing. We we talk like her, I guess. Oh, I Um, love that. (laughs) Okay, so what's number four? Number four is Captain America Winter Soldier. Because if anybody knows anything about me, is that I am a Sebastian Stan Stan. I, and I love when they can turn a villain into an anti-hero, right? Oh, really? I had no idea from your writing. <laughs> Shocker. Brand new information. I love that. I think Winter Soldier is underrated as far as yes. the uh, Marvel movies go. I, I know like everybody will go back and watch Captain America 1. They'll watch a couple of the other ones, but I feel like that one was it civil wars right after that right uh, in the captain america so yeah and that one has like everybody in it so i feel like winter soldier gets overlooked a lot but i do like it i am a sebastian stan stan um did you watch the og gossip girl no oh he was in that and he was carter and he was he was a villainy guy too oh yeah he was a scuzzy guy he was great have you seen this is twisted have you seen fresh no what's that oh my gosh so talk about like twisted villain but also hot and like not in a normal way love that so he's I won't give it away this is the basic premise but he is a cannibal and he like lures women so he like lures this woman into and there's like you know sexy dance scene and there he's just being very charming and very like but he's also a psychopath and um he plays it so well. Like, love that. Ugh. You're like, you know what? Okay, fine. <laughs> like, you can put me in your basement 
Is it and gory or gross? The movie. It's not gory. No, no, it's not gory. It's okay. yeah. I'm gonna watch it. You don't really see it. It's it's not, yeah. But it was, it's it was Dexter was like the premise was interesting to me, but like the amount of blood that was always on the screen, I was like, yeah, I'm out. I want to yeah, do this, but I can't do that. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah. that yes, that sounds like all my favorite things in one night shiny package. <laughs> I mean it's I love twisted that. and creepy. It's I love kind twisted of scary. and creepy. Yeah. So more great. twisted and creepy, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's I love he's that so good at playing like just a bad guy that it's like I don't know alarming but <laughs> kind of right <laughs> um so Winter Soldier um uh, and Sebastian Stan is that something that like you've ever written as into a character or do you have characters that have elements of him um I mean that's a great question um obviously not to that like degree because he really was portrayed as um you know a villain but I love a redemption arc and we see a lot of really good redemption arcs in Marvel um but it is probably one of my favorite things and so um like even Bo from Mercy you know a lot of people were shocked when I announced that that's who Mercy was about because they hated him so much in praise because he was a cheater and he was a jerk and he was condescending and he was the bad boyfriend we all had right like we all had that jerk of a boyfriend um and that that was him and so to write him as the hero and make him sort of understood was just not really what a lot of people wanted to read but it was so fun to write I remember when that book came out and I was about to sit down and read it and I'm pretty sure I posted something along the lines of I hate Bo and I'm so excited for Sarah Kate to like change my mind in this book like I know it's gonna happen and I I think everybody knows like I'm the queen of like you better grovel like you better like shape up I anytime there's like a jerky you know boyfriend in like a reverse harem I'm like ew no you need to like yeah. get your act together. Um, I have very high standards for these men. They're fictional. Come on. Yeah. So, so I mean, when you said Bo, yeah. Put him through the ringer. I mean, she put him through the ringer, right? Like she made him pay. Definitely. Oh yeah. But that was the fun part. That was <laughs> that the fun was part. The and fun I part. think that's great. You know, I think, again, I am like a really particular person about like somebody having to like really do some serious growth. But I think, you know, you put in the work there to like make that happen for him. And yeah, definitely very similar to like Bucky, like Bucky in the beginning, like so sweet. Then everything happens. And you're like, so you know, he can get back to that. Like, you know, he's like a good guy. Emerson. so tortured and we love a tortured hero, right? Like, and it's very similar like Emerson you know had this kid how bad could Emerson's kid be I mean I think like deep down we all know that like he's a good guy yeah so like you know you have that there like okay we know that this kid can't be like the devil incarnate but (laughs) you know he's got a lot of work to do so it's a lot of work to do for sure I love that okay so what's number three number three let me see Thor Ragnarok interesting choice which is an it's a good example of a character really changing to fit the mood of the book because you you know watch the first two thors which were not great and kind of boring he was a very flat character oh yeah and when he came out and and thor ragnarok 
you know, we got to see a different side of them. And I thought that was really fun. And I love Waika Waititi, Taika Waititi. Oh, I love and, him. Uh, he's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, he's another brilliant storyteller and, and funny, but also, you know, can be the whole, you know, where did they live? Asgard is not a place. It's a people like just like heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, like he, he dipped into some like diaspora feelings there. Like oh, that, yeah. that, well, you know, wound really deep into Taika's background. And so it's like, this one, was hilarious, but also like, I use that sort of stuff explaining to my kids, you know, like those, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's again, I love when they can weave that kind of stuff into a funny or a action movie, you know? Yeah. I thought that was a great movie. I thought it was hilarious, which was like, but I feel like the the humor of it makes it, I guess, more digestible for people. Like you were saying with, yes. you know, Guardians Volume 3, I think it's very similar. And I think with your books, you do a lot of writing about, you know, people who have struggles and all different things that they're dealing with. But I love that you write it as that's not the main point of the book. Yeah. It's just part of who they are it doesn't define them it's part of life it doesn't define them and then you throw in humor and heart and all of that and then all of a sudden you know these tough topics become very digestible very relatable and I think that's you know something that is very similar about those two which I think is really cool yeah I love that yeah I mean it's uh, you know I think sometimes the books that we grow up on especially in romance never really dove into that to anything very heavy or very serious or very realistic and then that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with that it's an escape it's an escape enjoy it for what it is you know but I think readers these days wanting something they can just relate to a little bit more so that you know means that there's characters with depression or characters that dealt with you know, purity culture or growing up in a religious household or just anything like that, you know, just things that people can relate to. So they are still, you know, steamy, fun, high heat books, but also, you know, about, about more realistic characters. Yeah. I love that. Cause I've always said like, when I read a steamy book or anything like that, it's you know, people are like, oh, that's the whole book. You know, it's just erotica or whatever. And I'm like, no, honestly, that's not the main part of the book. But also, like, think about a real relationship. Like, have you, mm-hmm. like, has, have life problems never been worked out? Jokes never been made? Like, you know, relationship happens during those parts too. You know, when you close yeah. the door, it's not, it's not like, okay, we're going to get down to only sex. We're never going to talk about anything else. We're going to put on blinders. Like, <laughs> Yeah, your life and your relationship that's part of it too so I think it's interesting you know for me to see people who bring in so much more because relationships are complex and it's not just fluff fluff is great I love a fluff every once in a while but it is nice to see things that are relatable for us um, in books and and movies and things like that so I love that okay what's number two okay Avengers Endgame interesting yeah I I think I think I chose that one because probably more on like a personal level it was just a really cool experience and I think it was I think it was a really good show of how you build a fandom and where you where that can take you which is something I mean which is honestly something I tried to do with my books or my series is 
you know, we're not just telling a bunch of stories, but we are cultivating a fandom. So it's, you know, if I say to some people, Salacious Players Club, that means something. I mean, that is, that's home. That's, you know, that's some place where I love to be, or that's, I really connected with, or like, you know, give me all the Salacious Players Club things. And so for me, when we went and saw Avengers Endgame, it was very much like just this, this whole experience came to a head and it was, it was something, it was something big. And I remember thinking like, this is huge. This is amazing. We were cheering. People were clapping. My kids are crying. Like, it's just this whole thing that was so amazing. And I'm like, I just remember thinking like, dang, man, they did, they did the thing. They did the thing. And it was, it was just a cool experience. I love that. Yeah. I think that's like the culmination of, you know, like everyone getting invested bits and pieces, and then it all kind of came together in the end. But I think it's a testament to the fact that like world building isn't just a fantasy thing. I think people think world building is mainly a fantasy thing. But I think any good writer, any good, you know, storyteller can really make that experience out of contemporary, you know, anything that you're really looking for. And, you know, being able to build those worlds is amazing. I like, because I love like, I mean, we were just talking about Ali Sis, but I feel like Alice is a sports romance and people are like rabid for like each of the interconnected series. She really built like a whole world of these people and yeah. you know, you'll see Easter eggs from everything. And when, you know, when I've seen people who come up and talk to her, like it is crazy to see people who are just like rabid fans for the whole enchilada. They know every single character. They know how they all interact. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like it is so it cool is that so you've cool. made a whole world that these people can, you know, all of these people in your line can escape to, you know, everybody who reads you can escape to, and they feel like those people are their friends, right? Like, I mean, you feel like Emerson is like a real person. You feel like, you know, Charlie is like a girl you could hang out with. Like, these are great things that I don't necessarily always see in like every sort of movie genre. There's definitely, you know, different things, like different series that maybe haven't gotten quite the rabid collection but when it's done really right it really is fun to see everybody coming together and you know midnight madness and all of that oh my god can we do can we do midnight madness for like releases of like madam and stuff oh my god okay that would be so fun i'm gonna do that like we gotta go to like the local bookstore and we're gonna do like (laughs) like when i stood online for harry potter we're gonna do that for like all the salacious players oh my god i'm so excited i love it okay so the last one number one your top top of the top dog which one is it? It's Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Volume 1. <gasps> My son, he was like, Mom, you're crazy. No way. And I was like, it is. It was. I think it's some of the best storytelling we've seen in an action hero, superhero movie ever. I think it is just, it was, it set the tone for me. It set the tone for the entire MCU. I don't know if you remember when that movie came out. A, nobody knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. Nobody. It was not like, it was an Iron Man, it wasn't Spider-Man, it wasn't any of those things. And none of the stars were super big. You know, it was, nobody knew who James Gunn was. He he did like one weird movie before that. And I love when that, that kind of stuff happens. And it's, you know, and it was, the music was top notch. From the first five minutes of that movie, with that whole scene where he's, you know, walking through and he's the rats and all that, the come get your love song. Like, I think in the first but he's singing. That movie, like, you knew this is going to be amazing. Like, this oh, is yeah. going to be something incredible. And I'm such a big music 
buff that I think anytime we can combine music with storytelling is like so well. Yeah. It's just super exciting. Do you make Spotify playlists for your books or no? I do. I always make Spotify playlists. If there were, if there were any other way for me to like inject music into my books, other than just these playlists, like I would do it. (laughs) It really does. I think Listen. it, you know, it's interesting that like, cause that kind of like makes the movie. I know people who have like the playlist playing while they're reading the book and like mm-hmm. just to set the tone, to set the vibe. But I think that's really fun. You know, maybe I can yeah. do that. I'm going to try this now. I think I'm going to, I'm going to get it for the shot. I'm usually like such a, like I go to my favorite music and like, I'll just listen to that over and over again while I'm reading, but maybe like to, you know, like a fully immersive 4D experience. I will mm-hmm. add music in and see how that goes. That could be fun. I love that. I also think, you know, I'm not surprised that Guardians is your favorite because it's like a misfit gang of friends. And I kind of love that. Found family. Who doesn't love found family? It just seems very Sarah Kate. No, but like, I mean, people who aren't necessarily, you know, understood by everybody. I feel like that's Mm -hmm. literally the entire Salacious Players Club group. You know, they're... (laughs) Out in the regular world, they're like, oh, God, everyone's so boring and nobody gets us. But like in that in that place, everybody gets each other. They're all on the same page. Mm. Like all the misfit toys fit together on that island. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love. You're right. It does. It does very much relate. I mean, the first scene of the whole book is about how you didn't relate to real people. I I know. And they, but like now they found each other and they found a group of people that get them for them. And Rocket and Groot, who's Groot? I'm going to like sit here and try to figure out who Groot is. (laughs) Anyway, but I think, you know, it is really, it is really telling. So I love that that's your number one. That's awesome. Okay. So I think we learned a lot about you today. Is there any tidbits that you want to leave us with? For what's coming up for you, you know, what you think people should be looking out for, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been teasing a lot of little secret projects on my Instagram stories. Family ass, I know. <laughs> people love. Ah, ah, people ah, hate. It's fun. I like being a tease. It is hilarious how much I heckle <laughs> you for this, but also like I kind of love it anyway. But it's fun to have yeah, you. It's fun. So I've got Madam coming out next month, October 13th or whenever that is. I got Madam coming out. And then, and that is the end of Salacious for now. I'll just say maybe they'll be dot, 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 right? (laughs) Who knows? You know, all of my books do take place in the same universe. So it's like, you know, the antihero had a small connection to Salacious with the the club. Okay, I'm going to get an SCU shirt made up (laughs) for the Sarah Kate universe. I like it. I love it. There's the MCU and the SCU. Very (laughs) good now. I'll keep it. Um, I like it. So yeah, they all take place in the same universe. So, you know, the club and antihero was in Give Me More. And so there's so much more I could do with that universe. But yeah, book two in the Good Brothers series will be out in February. So I get a little bit more of that series, which will be a little bit more of a slow release. Salacious was very fast. Yes. So this one is a little bit slower, so... And then I guess as like a last little teaser, what is something like a trope or something you're looking forward to writing in like the coming years, in like the next five years? Is there a trope or something that you're really excited about getting to to write about? Yeah, I will say I am working on a little something that is uh, set in Scotland. So I'm ah. set up in Ireland. 
I've set things in Paris, but this is my first time setting something in Scotland and using a Scottish hero. And I am digging it so much. Like I love it. So I'm very excited about that. I love that. Okay. So we have a lot to look forward to coming up from you. I am so excited. Thank you so much for chatting with me and telling me all about this. I love getting a deep dive into your brain. Thank you.